Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. and welcome back to the Beer Ladies podcast. I am your host today and my name is Tandy. Today I am joined by my wonderful friends Erica and Bean who will say hi in a minute but today we have got possibly the most coveted beer ingredient on show. We have got hops. So you'll you'll know if you're a long-time listener of the Beer Ladies podcast that we have got an ingredient series going. And um, look, you can never do one ingredient in only one episode, but we'll we'll give it our, our best shot to do a 101. And we've done malt, we've done yeast. So this is the third. We're doing hops today, and we'll do water later in season two. So with that, let's have a little hello from Bean. Hello. <laughs> and a big old hi from Erica. Hi there. And uh, before we get going into the ins and outs of hops and, you know, the differences between the citrus and the galaxies and the SARS and the old world and new world and what on earth are they anyway, um, let's have a quick reminder of our different social medias. So um, as as always, we love it when you guys um, tweet us. Um, or post on our Instagram or comment or share our posts. So please follow us there. We're at Beer Ladies Pod on Twitter. We're at Beer Ladies Podcast on Instagram. And our website is slowly but surely getting up to date. Um, that was a bit of a summer project that got us slightly delayed, but it's okay. We're getting there. It's BeerLadiesPodcast.com. And um, we're busy just getting that all up to date and up to scratch. We're also on email. So BeerLadiesPodcast at gmail.com for any suggestions tips corrections because we're always open to that so uh yeah hit us up and please follow and share on all the social medias on the podcast platforms and of course on youtube all right let's let's go around the room because if we don't have hoppy beers i'm going to be super super disappointed <laughs> eric i'm going to start with you what have you got tonight yeah. Um, so I have a uh, white hag uh, beer, which is from Ballymote in County Sligo. Um, this is the second in their duo series, which fe- features two hops. Um, this one is El Dorado and Cascade, and it's a pale ale at 5.5% ABV. Um, it's you. described as 
giving a grapefruit, tangerine, and citrus aroma with a smooth, slightly zesty grapefruit, mango, and citrus flavor. And one of the other reasons I chose this was because I really love the color scheme, which is different shades of pink with a little bit of yellow and greens in there. That is, it's a very pretty can, isn't it? Mm. And how is it? Is it good? Yeah, it's delicious. Like I... I'm kind of obsessed with their beers at the moment. Um, I, I'll, I'll talk about their union series later. So Nice. Awesome. All right, Bean, what have you got? I have some, some white hag glassware that I need to break <laughs> out with you, girl. <laughs> okay, so I've got some Ale Farm, which I'm just going to hold up this. Uh, this can's got a hand holding a match. The match is lit and the hand is like floating in the sea like an island in front of a mountain with a single palm tree. Anyway, the beer is really good. It's called <laughs> Inferno in Paradise and it's got citra and my goodness, it's 8%. But And uh, it's besides it's citra, it's got some Amarillo and Amarillo was kind of like the first hop that really caught my attention. Okay. I think I walked into um, uh, Valhalla's Goat in Scotland, and I don't know, whatever, that bottle shop, that bottle that day, I was like, Amarillo. So that's my like mind-blown uh, hop-on-show moment. So I wanted to pick something with some Amarillo, and I know White Egg's got their Amarillo like <laughs> hop-on-show thing out, but yeah, I went with this, so... That sounds Very gorgeous. Good. Yeah, it's and really, it, it's nice. Oh, okay. And where mm. are Ale Farm from? Oh, Denmark. Did you say? Denmark. Denmark. Okay. Sorry. Oh, I did cool. not say. Okay. So thank you. Ah, excellent. <laughs> thank you, guys. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that sounds awesome. I need to look out for that one. And I really do like the can art. So for those not listening, um, head over to uh, YouTube or maybe onto our socials once we post this yeah. because I'm this. sure we'll have a photo of it. It's, it's really interesting. Art madness. Mm, it's very, it's very cool. A little bit retro-y 80s. I don't know. Oh, like I didn't it. And show you the information. There's the information. <laughs> Info okay. In paradise. Nice Enough one. YouTubery. <laughs> On the um, show. Today, I have got a um, Imbongo. It's a mm. tropical IPA from Boundary. So I've had a couple of Boundary beers, I think. But this one caught my attention because it's also, it's got a really interesting can art. It looks a little bit like um, maybe a mixture between graffiti or a painter's mural. That's just kind of lots of colors mixed up. It's very cool. Um, and I also really enjoyed uh, their description. They said, um, it's a tropical IPA. They said, it took us 18 months of experimenting with our push and pull IPA series to discover this hop combination of mosaic and azaka and said, uh, consider yourself discovered. And I thought, that's lovely. Isn't that nice? It's like, a beautiful beer. And Mbangorific yeah. is yeah. <laughs> also amazing. Yeah, I love that one. And they're from Belfast, I they're, believe. They're, yeah. Are they a sort of co-op brewery? Yes, they, have a, they are. A different model. They are. They're a co-op. So they're a co-op brewery there in Belfast. And uh, this is this is gorgeous. Like, it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, it's 5.5%, which is great. IPA for a weeknight. Mm. Done. Love it. Okay. Oh, you guys have such good taste. <laughs> <laughs> Same to you, Bean. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, I nearly it. went in bongorific. I swear. You guys are <laughs> nearly wearing the same top and I'm <laughs> nearly having the same beer. That's a real like, yeah, all the tropical notes, right? Mm. That one. And this one is too, but I, I think in bongos even more tropical. Mm. It's absolutely gorgeous, this beer, really. Mm. And yeah, I want, I'm going to call it out. Uh, but um, Erica and I are both wearing shirts from, from my own line. <laughs> Which, the Tandy and, range. And I know, from the, from the Tandy range over at Craft Geek. But it's, it's fun because mine have got, I've got hop heads on my shirt. So we are talking about hops. So I thought, of course, I'm going to wear hop heads. And it says, uh, not all hop heads have beards. And Erica's got her, it's an IPA kind of day shirt, which is just super suitable <laughs> and i also have hop earrings um, oh, well which my oh, mom my gave me from the u.s yeah they're silver so oh, very fun. subtle but occasionally someone oh. will notice and ask about them <laughs> that's so cool oh my goodness okay well ladies let's let's get into hops because um hops are probably the most uh, like popular ingredient in beer um, <laughs> I think everybody was maybe a little surprised when we started off with molten yeast, but um, <laughs> so that's how so, you have to start, you know, well, you got to start with water, but we'll, we'll get there last because <laughs> it's, 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 it's very complex, but so, you know, as you all know, beer's really only made of four ingredients, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's malt, it's malted barley or grains can be, doesn't just barley um, malt, yeast, hops, and water. And so, Hops are the thing that that people really look at all the time. You know, people don't always ask about your grain bill or your malt bill. They generally ask about your hop schedule. They want to know where your hops are from, what kind of hops, how late did you add them? You know, what are they adding to it? And it's amazing to me because hops are like these tiny little plant things and they give you all these amazing flavors. Like, it's what is this sorcery? It's so fun. Um, so we're going to hear a little bit about like what are hops even, and we'll uh, we'll head over to Bean for that. This is definitely Bean's wheelhouse. <laughs> so come on, Bean, t- tell us. Not while well, Erica's here, but I'll start. <laughs> I'll start, and then we can jump in. Yeah. Hops are plants. <laughs> <laughs> so does hops it mean that we're drinking plants. salad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yes. So the. The hops that we use are the female flowers of the hop plant, and they're dioecious. So there's one plant will have male um, kind of sprays of flowers that um, have pollen. And then in the wind, the the pollen would, would float over, hopefully finding a receptive female plant. They have these little green flowers. They're not like hibiscuses or roses or something. They're all green. And they've like these little like catkins, like their little bracts are organized all around in like sort of a spruce cone shape. They're definitely not spruce or pine or fir. They're flowering plants, all right, but they're they're all all green flowers, like little. Yeah, like little pine cone shaped catkins and they grow and they they um they're perennial. They last like 20, 25, maybe 30 years. They're like a good three years of growing, but then they really start to take off and they twine and vine up things 
because they're wind pollinated. So they want to be, be tall and have their flowers up in the wind and the sun. And then, um, uh, yeah, we've, we've discovered that, that these cones are the things that we want to harvest because they're volatile oils that they use to like keep down bacteria and, and stuff. They, they taste good to us and even kind of have a, well, they're, they're in the cannabinaceae family, which also has got cannabis in it and also have volatile oils. And yeah, these, these hops, they've got like, well, volatile oils as, as they are, they're volatile. So they escape, you know, and they're, some of them are aromatic and they're called things that Erica will know, like lupulones and humulones and goodness me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a good bit of fun. They're called humulus lupulus. So I guess they would be called humulones and lupulones and I'm going to leave all the alphas and betas and numbers and <laughs> things for, for Erica for someday for later. Sure. But, um, yeah. They grow from these like rhizomes that are like fleshy roots that um, are good at storing energy and good at growing through the soil and sending up shoots and yeah. Very attractive plants, actually. A lot of people just use them ornamentally, like to grow over a trellis or like up your house. They're, they're, they go very tall. So yes, that's yeah. There are there are some varieties that are. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eighteen foot is no mm. no bother on them unless mm. you get a little little variety mm. that's a bit more suited to the modern urban hop. Yeah farmer <laughs> and so yeah am i right to say that there are certain regions of the world that grow hops better than Ooh. others well i don't know but washington seems to be a great place to do it <laughs> and new zealand but you know they actually grow hops in like england and here in ireland and canada and sort of sort of so then well, i mean they, they will grow yeah yeah, they'll grow, but they won't do super well. So, I mean, there are there are um, certain regions of the world that are pretty well known for hops. So, mm. Ger- Germany is one. Um, mm-hmm. The US is obviously another. Um, yeah, New Zealand um, and Australia is one. But there are certain um, parallels around the world that that they're growing, and I think they've got to have something like how many hours of light do they need to have? But it's 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 a number. We'll have to <laughs> we'll have to add that. I, mean, I think mm. that's the key. Is this the the time of sunshine per day mm-hmm. um, yeah like I, I've been to Germany 13 times and every time I fly into the airport um I look for the hop fields as we're driving on the autobahn mm-hmm. and um they're definitely a sexy ingredient and I'm so obsessed with them that I have a sleeve tattoo on my leg of hops that was <laughs> so cool That's so is it mostly awesome. like the flower part or like yeah so it it kind of I would say like if you're looking at it from afar it might look sort of like pineapple in a way like um with the coloring um and my tattoo artist was very um aware that he didn't want it to look at all like marijuana so he he used the correct images (laughs) (laughs) awesome so fun (laughs) 
But I mean, I guess I guess what's important about hops anyway is that they are a plant um, and they're used to bitter beer. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's what they're really adding. Those oils that Bean was talking about there, they're they're really used to give balance to the beer because if you just have grains and water, what you get is a sweet liquid <laughs> before the yeast yeah. gets there. And uh, and what the hops do is they add some sort of bitterness, which is what we all like about beer anyway, isn't it? Not all, not it doesn't have to be super high bitterness all the time, but there will be hops in beer. Um, and I think, Erica, you're going to tell us a little bit about the history of using hops and how that came about. That's right. Um, so most of the information that I am going to share is from my former lecturers, Will Keating and Judith Boyle. Um, so before the discovery of hops in beer, um, it was known as Groot which is basically a combination of herbal ingredients. So there might be yarrow or bog myrtle, rosemary, wormwood, um, lavender, those kinds of things. Um, And there are a couple um, on tap that you can get from urban breweries, as well as um, there's a brewery in Ghent in Belgium um, that has Groot-only beers. So if anyone's interested in visiting those places. Um, so the discovery that hops could be added to beer as flavoring was first uh, recorded in written history in the year 822 by the abbot Adelhard in France. Um, and they were mostly grown in French and German monasteries at that time. Um, around 1,000 to 1,200, um, they began growing in the Czech Republic, and then the 1300s moving to Poland and Belgium. Then came the realization of hops as a preservative, and this um, allowed the brewers to make stronger beers and play more with their recipes and also greatly increased uh, the beer shelf life because previously you would have to drink it fresh within a couple of days. Uh, this led to a movement of beer to other towns, countries, and continents um, in the 1500s, eventually to England. Um, and with the ease of transport, this allowed for making beer for specialized markets and making beer on a commercial level became much cheaper in turn. Uh, This had a knock-on effect on the government, the legal systems, and the taxes, and became a really big industry. In the 1600s, hops produced in the USA and South Africa, the 1700s in Australia, the 1800s Japan, and the 1900s places like China, Argentina, Russia, Spain, and Bulgaria. And Tandy, you were mentioning... um, the ingredients uh, necessary to be considered a beer. And this is in line with the Reinheitsgebot, which is the German um, purity law that was written in 1516. And hops is listed as one of those essential ingredients. So I know that was a bit of a whistle stop tour, but um, we're not we're not fans of that uh, Ryan Hatzkobots anyway. What nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, learned what that was last season. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think I think one of the things that was interesting when we did our um, when we did our episode on IPA was that that common myth of 
IPAs being called India Pale Ale because of the hops on the boats. And and, and I'm using air quotes here for those who are listening. You know, um, there, there is this myth that, that IPAs came from um, English travellers travelling to, to India and putting lots more hops in their beer so that it preserved the beer. And therefore, it stayed for the long journey. Well, it's kind of not true anyway. There was evidence of hops being put into beer for, like way before that. So it it certainly, as you said, Erica, certainly helped for beer to travel. But it wasn't the reason that it was called IPA, and it wasn't the reason that uh, that any of these styles came to be. It was, uh, and as you say, like there were there were lots of different things that we used to give balance to the beer because. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, we didn't want beer to spoil, so we found we found plants that helped with that, which was awesome. Yeah, so I mean that's that's really cool. I mean, I think if we think about hops, right? What are the really well-known sort of varieties or well-known countries for hops that we think about? The the guys who grow hops, I mean, Germany is certainly one of them. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say like that for me, what pops out is the Pacific Northwest kind mm. of or- Oregon area um yeah like I I've seen them growing in Wicklow here in Ireland um on a more local small scale um I think with climate change like we are seeing um new places popping up um yeah that's true yeah like I mm. yeah there's, there's a bunch of interesting ones. So like if we think about um, if we think about where, where hops maybe spread from because they're plants and obviously what will have happened with them over time is that they get uh, bred, you know, based on certain qualities. And, and there are people out there who study the hop family trees. It's not it's really not my vibe um, because that just seems like too much hard work. But it's, uh, you know, people people have charted, for instance, the the whole family tree of fuggles which is which is which is an english hop and i mean there's so many offshoots and children hops and cousin hops and all these things and it's like it's amazing but um i think i think what's kind of cool anyway is that you know as with most plants fruits plants animals even you know or otherwise um humans have had a really big impact on what this plant is Mm. now and uh, so now we've got all these different varieties of hops with with new varieties being trialed and grown all the time mm-hmm. um like in south africa there is um uh, sab who were obviously bought out by uh, by ab imbev but they've got hop farms down in george which is the, like a coastal town um down in south africa which is one of the only towns in south africa that have got enough light um to to grow hops in the right sort of climate but they have played with hops and bred different hops for years and not many of them have taken off you know they'll use they'll get used in in the lagers and things but there's not that many south african hops that are very well known um whereas you know you look at kind of the pacific northwest of the u.s where there's loads that are well known Mm. Um, you know a lot of the sort of fruitier tropical ones come from there and uh, yeah that's pretty cool so let's talk a little bit about the different ways that you can use hops in brewing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe kick us off with that one just as, sure. a, just as a broad overview here. But yeah. hops, hops are used for two primary things. That's mm-hmm. bittering. So bittering, I've, I've sort of alluded to there. Um, and then aroma. Um, mm-hmm. We probably didn't always use them for aroma, but we um, probably used them for bittering first. But now we, we yeah, we pr- predominantly use different kinds of hops for different purposes so 
uh, bittering will come from the level of alpha acids in it. So the higher the alpha acid, the more bittering properties the hop has. But not just that, the way that you can control the bitterness of your beer when brewing with, with hops is by controlling the different um, ways in which you use it. So how early in the boil you add it. Um, will make a really big difference to how bitter the beer is. If you add it really early, it's had a much longer time to be on the heat and those um, oils or the resins, you know, get get uh, turned into something that tastes bitter in the end. Uh, as opposed to a very late addition, which um, is often used for aroma hops. So the less heat you put in it, the more the volatility of those oils is preserved and that is the aroma that, that stays there. So at a very broad level, um, you add hops in the boil um, and at different uh, stages of the boil for different things. So adding bitterness and then very late in the boil or after the boil, it's often whirlpool or flame out hop additions. And those are mostly for aroma. Mm -hmm. And then there's one last one, which is dry hopping. (laughs) So that's after, after everything's been cooled down and we're in fermentation phase um, adding small hops into your, uh, into your beer can add even more aroma and a little bit of late stage bitterness, but not not that much. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually did dry hop January instead of dry January this year. Um, That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> totally stealing that. <laughs> um, I would say blacks of Kinsale um, were really good in terms of double dry hop beers. Um, I got quite a few of those. Um, A few more things that hops add to a beer would be tanginess, um, stability, the tannins help clarify the beer, um, anti-foaming in the kettle, and then also um, foam improvement. Um, And because I'm a nerd, I have a necklace of the humulone um, molecule, which is one of the hops molecules. Um, So that would be one of the act alpha acids, which are acting as the antibacterial agents. Um, So basically, when they're heated, their chemical structure changes to isohumulone. And that's what's giving the bitterness, as you were saying. Um, So those bittering hops would have about 7 to 12% alpha acid, um, whereas the aroma hops would only have about 2 to 7%. Um, and the baited acids like the lupulone um, are more of like an essential oil that are adding the flavor and aroma. Um, so, yeah, I think we kind of made a full circle with the three mm-hmm. of us um, sharing little stories um, to, to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just learned about five new things in that. Sense. <laughs> so, <woo-hoo. laughs> I hear that on loop, but, but yeah, <laughs> 10 more times. <laughs> so, you know, what I think what I think is cool, okay, is that hops, um, just like every ingredient in beer, hops can be manipulated in a variety of different ways. So, I mean, your, your hops that you add into a lager are, it's the same, it's, it's like exactly the same stuff as you add into an IPA. It's just that your variety is a bit different and the way that you treat it. So adding it earlier, later, adding the amounts, you know, obviously adding a bucket load of hops will get you Um, a lot of bitterness or hop flavors or aroma, you know, depending on when you add it. Um, And that actually um, segues nicely into something that I uh, mentioned in our last, um, one of our last episodes, but I really want to drive home here. And that is bitterness and hoppiness are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
let's let's just have a collective yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, I agree. not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> So it comes it comes again down to the different ways that you can use hops. So yes, you can use hops to bitter beers. And those hops that have normally got quite a high alpha acid that are used for bittering, they, they might impart some flavor, some, but they're not known for, you know, the big flavors that, that, that you're getting. Those, like the aromas that you get from late hopped beers um, is absolutely down to the volatile oils. So when you're looking at late stage additions, you get the flavor of the hop and the aroma of the hop a lot more than if you're adding it way earlier where all of the volatility is burnt off and you're left with the underlying bitterness. So when we're talking about IPAs, I mean, the really big difference with IPAs versus a parallel has got to do with the bitterness primarily. But then of course, as we said in our IPA episode, there's a million different styles of IPAs so late stage or late hopped IPAs are obviously the uh, the east coast ones not super bitter but very hoppy so there's there's two big things and they're not the same thing so when we say hoppy mm-hmm. what we mean is aroma well flavor too because you know they're so mm. linked they're so linked mm. but that kind of like tropical well, it depends on the hop now mm. but those mm-hmm. kinds of fruity flavors or a floral or spicy mm. whatever whatever the components or the, the the characteristics of that hop is they can come out in the aroma but they can come out in the flavor too my only my only thing is, is that to say that a beer is hoppy when actually it's bitter it's mm. just it's not the same thing you know mm. a pilsner a pilsner is bitter but it's not necessarily hoppy Whereas a pale ale or a 
let's say a juicy IPA like I've got is hoppy almost more than it is bitter, even mm, though it's mm-hmm. an IPA. Yeah, it's definitely got lots of lots of bitter, but it's balanced by that. Yes. Like holy cow, fruit. Yeah, yeah. So I, I always like to um if I'm if I'm considering a beer, um, or if I'm you know trying to identify the flavors and various things, I try and separate out the bitterness from the hoppiness because they are they are separate. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get a red ale that is quite bitter, um, mm-hmm. but it's not ever going to be hoppy, you know, right? And unless it's an amber ale, but that's a different, yeah, thing. <laughs> but yeah. that's a story listen for to another our, time. Listen to our red ales episode for that. <laughs> Too much you, IPA. Do you have anything to add on hoppy versus bitter? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, yeah, that is kind of um a common like misconception like people confusing the terms so it's kind of annoying like when you see it and you know it's not true even though taste is subjective yeah yeah um oh I was one thing I was gonna add um about this is that the different kinds of hops that you can use when you're making beer so um that could be a whole cone or it could be a pellet or cryo hops. So um, like, I think the whole cone is like kind of what we all think of when we imagine a hop in our head. Um, But those, you know, all have pluses and minuses to them. And like, they're probably much more rarely used than the average consumer would realize. Yeah. Um, Give us the overview there. Um, so the whole cone hop would be the most natural and unprocessed hop, and they would have the most volatile aromatics. Um, so there's a lot of wastage with these um, because of the soakage that's going on. Um, and their larger surface area um, allows for rapid oxygenation. Mm. Uh, it can form a filter bed when straining the boiled wort and removing the hot break when you're home brewing. Um, so then the pellet hops are called T90 and T45. Um, they're still very natural. Um, and these have increased utilization, smaller storage area required, slower oxygenation and greater consistency. Um, but there is still like, um, this view of processing, um, maybe by the consumer, and you could get volatile aromatics lost. Um, and yeah, like cryo hops, um, you can get in pellets. Um, it's actually um, like a registered trademark. Um, it's not like a common generic name. Um, so they're, they'll often be in a powder form. Um, but I believe they're quite expensive and mm. not as widely used as the pellet would be. Mm. Um, and then you could have like hop extracts, but um, like I won't go into yeah. too much detail. 
Yeah. That's, that's been an interesting development actually of late because now for home brewers, you know, you don't really get fresh hops much. Like you really don't um, because, because they're obviously going to lose a lot of their characteristics straight after being picked. You know, they've got a couple of hours, mm-hmm. you know, it's like picking vegetables, right? You kind of want to freeze them or use them soon. Yeah. Um, so, so really hops are the same thing. So that's why most are processed into those sort of pellets. And then what, you know, they'll often um, vacuum seal them and keep mm-hmm. them frozen. So that's that's normally how you buy hops as a home brewer. Mm-hmm. But now, as you say, Erica, recently there's this been this idea, excuse me, let's say, of like hop extracts um, or liquid hops. So, I mean, the way that you get dried yeast versus liquid yeast, um, mm-hmm. you get dried hops, which are hop pellets, and then liquid hops, so like a hop tea um, mm-hmm. that's been processed in some other way to be used. Now, I have a few homebrew friends who have been trying some of those and they weren't they weren't the biggest fan but I think they're still pretty new you know there's still mm. a bit of it's like still a bit of work to be done on that technology <clears throat> um but what you do see quite often is when when breweries have got their own hops or hop plants what you'll often see is a fresh hopped beer you know if they'll advertise that and market it as a you know fresh coned or fresh hop coned beer as opposed to normal hops that they've bought from the homebrew store like the rest of us do you know mm-hmm. so so often you'll see that um and that that you'd probably only really get once a year because harvest time is only once a year as far as exactly. i know yeah so so you will get some freshly uh, fresh hopped hopped beers oh that makes no sense but um most of the time you're going to be dealing with beers that have got hop pellets which are perfectly fine you just have to mm-hmm. treat them right so mm-hmm. keep them away from air and keep them uh, keep them frozen or in the fridge, but frozen's better. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can that's how you can keep your hops good for brewing. <laughs> yeah. So I was um, I was thinking about this because again, as a um, as a brewer, you often hear these terms like noble hops or new world hops. So should mm-hmm. we talk about that? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Let's yes, talk please about let's. That. <laughs> <laughs> So does it depend on the country where they're from, Tandy? It does. So okay. it, it's a, a noble is um, noble hops are the older world hops. They're hops that have got the longest history, traceable history, back to uh, Germany, Chechnya, so Czech Republic. You know, you know those sort of older older regions, and they are. I mean, the, the best known noble hop that I can think of is SARS. Yeah, mm-hmm. SARS Hellertau Spalt Tetnang. Those are uh, those are like noble hops, and mm-hmm. for the way that I remember it, is I feel like noble hops are old old school hops, old style hops, and uh, they're normally of the Germanic region, so that's fine. But they normally, for me, have a like a spicy or floral flavor. Now that you know, that's not always going to be the case, but kind of earthy, spicy, floral. Some of the English hops that then came from those, I believe that they came from that, but I'm willing to be corrected, have retained a lot of those characteristics, but added a little bit more. So a lot of the English hops are not noble hops, but they are old world hops uh, in the same way, I believe. And they're also a bit more earthy, a bit more spicy, a bit more floral with varying degrees of flavor characteristics, right? As opposed to like new world hops, which are really the American hops for the most part. And we might include like the New Zealand and Australian hops there 
too. But, you know, of the American hops, you know, we could talk about the big C's like citrus and tenniel. You know, those are really the big citrusy, punchy um, uh, hops that you might find like in IPAs. Um, some of them have got like pine or resiny notes as opposed mm. to um, fruity notes. But, you know, even so, there's so many different hop flavors that you, you, could, you could almost, you know, pick a, pick a flavor from a wheel and you'll find a hop that tastes something like that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to mention um, the the White Hag Smash um, Union series that kind of ties in with this. So these would be New World hops in which um, there's single malt and single hop. And I think they have 11 of them at this stage. Um, and they do have Citra uh, as well as El Dorado. Um, Bean's favorite, Amarillo. <laughs> And then um, Azaka, Lotus, Idaho 7, Galaxy, Nelson Sovin, Sabro, Strata, and Mosaic. And I've had all of them, and I can vouch that they're all wonderful. Like, I I can't wait to try more of them. Like, this is, like, my um, new interest right now is, like, these these hops. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Cool. Yeah. The Azaka was amazing, too. Yeah. (laughs) So yep. Yeah, Azaka is my new Amarillo. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got Mosaic and Azaka in this beer. So like, and, and I think it's so interesting because actually the best way to find out what hops you like is to have the brewers actually list what they are, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can at least pinpoint, um, the, you know, the ones that you like and, uh, and then start playing around. You know, if you're not a home brewer, the best kinds of beers to look for are smash beers, like Erica mm-hmm. was saying. So single malt, single hop. Because um, you'll you'll really get that hop flavor um, from them, which is useful. And I think you'll find that more breweries are being transparent about those hop varieties, um, and they're even using them in their their marketing. You know, they they have um, like images of the hops and the names of the hops, and um, I think that's kind of a newer trend. I think but it's it's, it's mm. nice to see, yeah. I think it's because the beer drinking population are generally educated on the stuff, you know, they mm. they want to know what they want to know what they're drinking and they know the difference between a Simcoe and an Amarillo. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bean, do you have a, do you have favorites now besides Amarillo and Azaka? Oh, well, actually when you said Simcoe, I, I was it, mm, is it possibly Laurel and Simcoe and Brewdash? One was in this rock leopard. Type here to search. I may have to just include them because (laughs) then you said Simcoe and that just like, yeah, triggered you. Yeah. 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 No, I love it as a punter. I'm like, oh, mosaic. I have heard of that. You know, (laughs) yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. And yeah, every time you have a good beer, you're like, okay, I know what was in that. So I'm going to try that one. And then. Look at, on we go. On we go indeed. But there, so there's different kinds of um, hop characteristics, right? Hop flavors and aromas. So, I mean, you might talk about floral, which is a weird one, right? Mm-hmm. Because floral doesn't sound like something you'd want to drink, but actually <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's really nice. So um, mm-hmm. some floral ones, uh, East Kent Goldings, which is a, an English hop, is quite floral. Um, 
maybe maybe a little herbal, but quite floral. Um, so you do get floral, then you get spicy. Um, so I'm trying to think of a good spicy one. We've got maybe Challenger um, or Magnum. Although Magnum's a good bittering hop, so it'll be low level um, in terms of aroma anyway. Um, evergreen, which is often called like pine or um, resiny, that's Simcoe, through and through, and Chinook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes, I'm learning that. And I love pine. There we go. <laughs> if something tastes like pine resin, that yeah. seems to be good. <laughs> yeah. And that and that's very much old school, like older styled IPAs. So West Coast IPAs are, you know, really that that side of the balance. So, you know, look for those. And then we've got earthy or grassy, but I don't really know. I don't really know a lot of hops that want to be grassy because because actually one of the one of the ways that you can tell that people have either dry hopped for too long or too much or inappropriate for the style is that things will taste grassy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess at a lower level, um, it, it yeah. can be, it can be great. Right. Um, adjacent to that is herbal. <laughs> um, so herbal is a weird one because it can probably taste a bit medicinal depending on who you are or depending on how much is, how much is used. Nugget and Columbus are known as being, herbal um i can't say that i know any off the top of my head that are very herbal but yeah then we've got citrus and fruity side by side because they're not the same thing often when we talk about fruity there is like tropical versus melon um versus berries you know there's often those distinctions mm-hmm. and then citrus within citrus you get you know you can get a lot of different kinds of citrus whether it's mandarin grapefruit orange lemon um what else am I missing? Lime, you know, so there's lots of different citrus kinds of uh, citrus fruits and therefore lots of different hops that bring, bring that out. So mm-hmm. Amarillo is a citrusy one. So is Cascade. So is Citra, obviously. <laughs> um, whereas um, Nelson Sullivan, for instance, is more like gooseberry and it's more, it's more dry, white, whiny rather than, mm-hmm. um, rather than super, super sweet or super tropical. So it's it's like amazing to me the different things that you can do with hops, and uh, yeah, there's there's lots that you can combine them with. So there's really well known combinations of hops in beers, and then there are hops that just don't seem to go well at all, either depending on the style or what they're paired with, or the malts that it goes with. Because obviously, when you when you're brewing and when you're drinking, there's there's got to be some sort of um, I guess symbiosis or something between mm. the malt and the hop flavors and they've got to go well together. So it's, it's part of the fun of experimenting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I have seen some of the styles that have come up in the IPAs, for example, um, the sour IPAs or milkshake IPAs or, um, you know, ones that I wouldn't have dreamed of maybe even five years ago, but also, um, uh, maybe an increase in micro IPAs, which is kind of nice to see um, for maybe a, a night, a school night, um, which I guess you'd really want to showcase your hop carefully, you know, like if you're, if you have a pretty low ABV or non-alcoholic yeah. beer. You know, I, I'm here for that. Whatever low alcohol, lots of hops, I'm here for that. So Go on and please tell me. I, I'm here. For, I'm here for that too. I just don't think we need to call them micro IPAs. They really are just parallels, like <laughs> yeah, for the most but, part. 
Do you mean or, like, or you could say a session IPA in some cases? Like, that's also I don't a know the... like a table beer that's three ish percent, like just kind of lower. Are we speaking of, or are we talking See, about like little, little, like that's the thing, percent, like yeah, micro's under under three, isn't it? So it's um, it's normally there. And look, most most like normal parallels are normally between three and five percent. Yeah, I'd say maybe it's down to the ABV. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. some people can get very pedantic about the different styles. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll just own it there a little bit. I'm actually hey, I'm actually Eden's not pedantic. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be in Peden's corner over there. But actually, I call it out because I think that sometimes these things are like marketing terms rather than styles. Mm. Sure, and it's the same. It's the same. I've been on this rent before, but it's the same with double dry hopped anything. Mm. If I see a double dry hopped anything, I'm like, oh, go to hell. Mm. Like, <laughs> as much as I might like the beer, I, I don't see why. Uh, yeah. we, we've been there. Season one rant over. <laughs> uh, it still yeah. makes me happy, though, you know? Fair it still enough. makes me happy. You know what? The world is big enough for everybody's, uh, everybody's likes and dislikes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. But it's... um. Yeah, it's. I think a lot of the styles would any in any case come down to the combination of um, ABV and IBUs, which we should probably mm-hmm. mention since we're talking about hops. IBUs yeah. are the international bittering units, and it's mm-hmm. the scale at which we uh, we represent or measure beer bitterness. And um, it's supposed to be zero to a hundred, but some people talk about it being a lot more than that. So. <laughs> Some people have, talk about beers being 120, 140, 160 on the IBU scale, but that's because there is a formula to work it out based on alpha acids um, in beer volume. It's not necessarily what people can taste. Mm-hmm. So there is an upper limit of what people can taste. I don't think it's completely determined, but don't don't get uh, don't get too fussed or, or caught up on the IBUs of a beer. Decide for yourself what you like. Yes, I never have actually been too fussed about the IBUs. <laughs> Nor the ABV. For a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm all about the ABV. <laughs> I think after a certain point, though, like, can you really tell the difference um, with the, the IBUs? Like, I... I would probably struggle um, yeah. at the the upper ends. But, yeah, for ABV, I've been trying to stick to anything that's under seven percent these days like your double ipa there would be too rich for my blood it's too rich for my blood i'm telling you yeah eight is it's good fun i mean it's it's okay i'm saving some for somebody else so but it's hard because it's really tasty though yeah (laughs) yeah no had had some table beer from the colonel oh Oh, man 2.8 amazing beer yeah. Great. Great, great, great. And like that's, yeah, that's a good when you're self-soothing with a lot of delicious hops, just to lull yourself to sleep, it's yeah, it's hard in a pandemic to not be like, I will have all the hops all the time now. Yeah, that's like true. I, I think that's one good thing that's come out of um our lockdowns is um the table beers. Like I actually have one. Um, that I might have tonight um, as a nightcap. That's um, I think it's about three percent. That's by Line Man, and mm, just nice. really looking forward to that. Yeah, like um, 
I, I'm getting too old for some of the the crazy, you know, triples and quads and imperials. I'm like, oh no, I'll I'll maybe take a few sips or a taster, but no. Yeah, they're so delicious, but you kind of need some friends to do a bottle share at this stage. <laughs> like. Right. I um I was I was at the off license today picking out uh, picking mm. out a beer, and I saw there was a triple IPA, and I was like, no, oh my god, who's got the time for that? No, let's just, <laughs> let's just not because I mean um. I, I, I generally stick to the session-ish beers anyway, but mm. but having a triple IPA means over nine percent alcohol and like extra freaking so many hops that you it's almost wasteful. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of mm. people love them, but it's just I, I think it's crazy for one. I don't yeah, know. Some yeah, of those. like they've had hop shortages at some stage. So you better like if you're going to be an awesome brewery, you better have a recipe that like doesn't overdo the hops like you can overdo the hops in the good times but when it's like shortage central yeah. you gotta crack out that recipe that doesn't <laughs> that spares the hops a little bit actually right yeah. like just to be a good steward yeah hey and look um only only certain beer styles are known by the hops so mm-hmm. obviously ipas um, are one of them in parallels but i mean there's mm-hmm. enormous variety amongst them but mm-hmm. the others are things like pilsners which you normally find like SARS hops in them. And those yeah. are those are pretty well known. And they're not highly hopped necessarily. They're just hopped deliberately and intentionally to give you the exact right level of business, which yeah. is incredible, incredible to me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right, ladies, I think we're going to start wrapping up. Are there any final thoughts on hops that we want to leave off with? Um, well, I do have to say I have a few friends who say they don't like hoppy beer mm-hmm. but two of them have recently converted to drinking hoppy beer and I don't think they're ever gonna go back so <laughs> um yeah just if you give it a few tries um and open up your mind like you you might get converted so mm. yeah <laughs> indeed Bean, any mm. last uh, words from you there I, I do have a few last words about rhizomes, if Excellent. I may. Of if you decide to become a hop grower up your house or garden trellis or, or uh, you know, something in place of your ivy or clematis, you, you um, will do well to water your rhizomes and make sure they grow because they're not so weedy. You have to keep them watered and stuff. And yeah, if you decide to join some social hops, programs or heaven forbid plant a whole acre of them please remember to water them so that they grow (laughs) that's what I learned about growing your own your own hop plants you might actually even have a you know be really prepared and organized and have something tall for them to grow up that's about yeah as tall as your you know local (laughs) post is is social hop happening this year being um I don't with know, hopefully or rascals because I think they used to um organize the collection from the Bernard Shaw and then have a harvest day and yeah I haven't actually been keeping on top of it but I think it was just such a nice thing and I think it'll be back I think it'll be yeah. back because if you if anybody's hot plants actually got watered and actually took and actually took their three years to grow they'll be with us you know and they'll cut and come again every year for 20 years. Yeah. So at some stage, we'll all be yeah. on the like, you know, bandage of hops and, and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, there, there will be enough to, to go around in a good year. So, mm. yeah, 
that's that's my that's my kernel of wisdom. Water your rhizomes. <laughs> you got like a really good one. Yeah. And, and if anybody decides to actually grow their own hops, please hit us up on social media. We'd love to uh, hear how it's going. I know a few people around Ireland do try, although we don't really have the best climate for it. Um, we might but- have a bit of powdery mildew and stuff, hey? <laughs> I, th- I think so. I think we. Uh, I think we've got. Well, I made a bit of powdery mildew. What? Yeah, it's fine. But I think I think people do get it right with like grow lights or something that's uh, that works. Grow lights, mm. not but grow, they're so but... tall. No, I know. I don't mean baby grow lights. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. But no, no. But it's um, yeah. If if you do grow your own hops, um, let us know. Tell us tell us what works for you. Um, yeah, that that should be fun. And otherwise, yeah, totally. And otherwise, um, yeah, please catch us on the socials. Friends. Bye. Cheers. Take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.